Hey, what's the Lord teaching you these days? You know how many believe we ought to always remain teachable and leadable? What's the Lord teaching you these days? I hope you hadn't got to the place where you say, I've arrived. I've been in church all these years. We ought to be learning and growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ every day. So, what is the Lord teaching you these days? I've been thinking about that and praying about that. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Jesus, learning to be teachable and leadable. And speaking of that, I had a chance on Friday to talk with one of our dear beloved church uh, family and Sister Mary Ann and Brother Larry Taylor. Larry played football with the University of Arkansas and, and uh, was not a Christian until the age of 72 year, years old. The Lord Jesus changed him. I remember him coming to the altar just about a, two years ago, and Jesus absolutely changed his heart as he cried out to God for mercy and forgiveness of his sin. Little did anybody know, and by the way, later I had the privilege of baptizing him. Little did anybody know, though, six months later he ended up in the hospital over in Macon Coliseum. Not for one day, rather for 40 days. I'm talking about ICU. It was a mighty miracle of God indeed to raise him up from his bed of affliction. Anyway, I prayed with Larry, and then I talked with Mary Ann. Here's what Mary Ann said. She said, Brother Randy, she said, I know we're not able to come to church now. She said, uh, but I listen every Sunday to the radio broadcast. Uh, until that day, radio broadcast every Sunday from 1 o'clock to 1.30. She said, I write down all the scripture references. I look them up. And I said, praise the Lord, Marianne. God bless you. I'm so thrilled to know that because you don't know who may be listening, but I know it's an outreach of New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. By the way, do you know that dear lady? A year ago, she reminded me, and I remember February the 10th, last year, speaking of hard times, speaking of being the potter and the clay, she was up at the hospital in Atlanta with, what's this, a nine-pound tumor. You got it right, a nine-pound tumor they removed from her stomach. She was in the hospital 29 days. Yet the Lord raised her up, and she's at home, and God is healing her body. To him be glory. Praise the Lord. So I said all that to say, Lord, teach us and help us to be leadable and teachable. And I know that you are teachable or you wouldn't be here. Hey, how many of y'all are growing in the Lord every day? Come on, let me see your hand. And I love the Word of God. You love the Word of God, and we get in the Word of God, and let the Spirit of God change us as His people. And so here's where we're going this morning. Primarily, just a basic practical message, two areas that I think the Lord put in my heart to share with you today. I think it'll be an encouragement to you. Two areas for the Lord to teach us. And we're looking today in this wonderful book in the New Testament. But let me share with you the two areas and then we'll go right to the text. Number one, see if you agree with me. Lord, teach us to pray and teach us how to pray for others. How many of you want to learn how to pray for others? I guarantee you. I got the text message this morning uh, just right before I uh, came over. Uh, Diane asking me to pray for her and uh, Evan praying for him. Teach us to pray. People are all around you right now. And Lord, teach us how to pray for others. Number two, Lord, teach us. Watch this. See if you agree. 
Not only, Lord, teach us how to pray for others, but what about, Lord, teach us how to trust in you, Lord Jesus. It's a battle of faith every day. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Lord, teach us how to pray for others, and then, Lord, teach us how to trust you. I'm preaching to somebody right now that maybe you're going through a time, or you know somebody else that's going through a time, and often we don't know how to pray. Tell me something. Are you praying for somebody? Are you? How many of y'all are praying for somebody? Let me see your hand. How many need to pray for somebody today? Let me see your hand. Probably every one of us who named the name of Jesus ought to be interceding, not only for somebody, but what's this? How many know we need to be praying for our nation? Let me see your hand. God, send a mighty revival. Oh, Lord. The book of Ephesians chapter 1. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to this church. If you want to do a brief history, really in a nutshell, you'll find out in the book of Acts chapter 19, the church was established on the second missionary of this man called the Apostle Paul. And the church happened to be a pagan center for idolatrous worship. We had the privilege of being in Ephesus just a few years ago. And to remind you of what was going on in that particular place off the coast of Turkey, there was a magnificent, renowned temple called the Temple of Diana or the Temple of Artemis. This multi-breasted fertility god was worshipped throughout the known world at that time. People flocked to the Temple of Diana. It's mentioned there, again, in the book of Acts, chapter 19. And there was uh, quite a bit of business going on at that time, by the way. A man by the name of Demetrius, who was a silversmith, it was a thriving, a thriving uh, pagan worship center. And yet Paul, led by the Holy Ghost, ended up in Ephesus for how long? Three years. What did he do? He established a school called the School of Tyrannus. And he taught after he got off work. He, he went there for hours every day, and the Lord sent a mighty revival. Now then, and uh, he was almost ran out of town. There's a theater there. It's a, the archaeological remains, 25,000 seat, I might add. And uh, the apple cart was upset because people were getting saved. How many know the devil don't like people to get saved? Amen. And the devil don't like the work of God to go on. But I thank God. God said, I'm going to be with you. Thank the Lord. He said, I'll be your rod. I'll be your strength. I'll be your exceeding great reward. And if God be for us, who can be against us? I need somebody to help me there. I'll tell you what. One plus God's a majority. And the devil's defeated. He knows his time is short. He'll be cast in the lake of fire, according to the Revelation 20 and 10. And praise the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's our yay assurance and hope. But let me get finish with the account and we'll read the text. So, Apostle Paul moves out of town. God establishes a church. History tells us John, who was later exiled on the Isle of Patmos, became the pastor of this church. And uh, Jesus Christ writes through John, who's again under a time of persecution of martyrdom. How many believe we're going to face that more and more these days? John writes to the church of Ephesus. He said, you're busy, but you're backslidden. He said, return to your first love. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need to return to our first love. <laughs> oh, yes, Jesus loved us first. All right, so we come to the text. Lord, teach us to pray. 
for others. Secondly, Lord, teach us to trust in you. And Paul prays these beautiful prayers, not only for the church of Ephesus, but for us today. Now, as I give you a quick analysis, overview of the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 and 2 is our wealth, who we are in Jesus. He didn't tell us what we ought to do. Rather, he tells us what we have. And because of what we have in Christ, that's how we ought to live. Amen. We get that thing reversed. Chapter 3 and 4 and 5 is our walk. Not only our wealth, but our walk. Chapter 6 is our warfare. Now, this wonderful prayer, Paul says, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints. And I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Father of glory will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe that according to his working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And it put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Stand together as we read the text, all right? Ephesians chapter 1. And as we look at this text, you'll notice that the Apostle Paul uh, gives us a little insight of our wealth in Christ. He says we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Chapter 1, verse 3. He says that we've been chosen in Him. Chapter 1, verse 4. He says we've been adopted in the family of God. Chapter 1, verse 5. He said He had made us accepted. Are y'all listening? Say amen if you're listening. Am I just preaching to the choir or what? Are y'all listening? Hey, chapter 1, verse 6. He said He had made Jesus Christ accepted we, he's made us accepted and beloved. God the Father, all oh, praise the Lord, because the sacrificial atoning death of Jesus Christ. Chapter 1, verse 7. He said we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Chapter 1, verse 9 through 15, 13 and 14. He said we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. That's right, the down payment. Thank God I'm saved. I know I'm saved because the Holy Ghost is living in me. Amen. And one day we'll have a new body. That's the final payment. We're sealed according to Ephesians 4.30. But anyway, so that leads us to our text today. Look at verse 15. Lord, teach us to pray. How many want to learn how to pray? I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I'll tell you, we need to be enrolled in God's school of prayer. By the way, before we read the text, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, you know what the disciples said to Jesus? They didn't say, Jesus, teach us to preach. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Yeah. Let's say that together. Lord, teach us to pray. Say it with me. One more time. And teach us how to pray. You know, I got news for you. With dirty hands and unclean heart, our prayers aren't going to get to heaven. If we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord won't hear us. So talking about prayer and really getting down to business, praying ground and I got a feeling some of us need to get on praying ground this morning. Talk to me. You've been a long time since you prayed. Oh, God, dig up the wells. Give me a burden of passion to pray for the lost and pray for our nation. 
And God's going to do it. I believe God's going to draw us and absolutely set us free. If you'll obey him, now if you resist him and dig in your heels and say, no, I'm where I ought to be and, and I'm satisfied, you just go on. God will let you continue to be a carnal Christian, a fleshly driven Christian the rest of our life, unuseful. But the Lord says, if you want to be used, oh yes, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Look at chapter 1, verse number 15. If you're there, say amen. I can't hear you. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Look at verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I get that thing, teach us to trust you. How many know and how many would say with me, I want to not only learn how to pray and how to trust you. See if you agree, I want to learn how to love people. Well, I tell you, this COVID-19 and all that stuff, and, and this social distancing, no handshaking, hugging, all that stuff, boy, we've, we've seen it, haven't we? We can love and really go the love of Christ. By this, all men know that you're my disciples. You have love one for another. That's what Jesus said. And that's in John chapter 13 and verse 35. Look at verse 15 again. Wherefore, I also have to heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Two kinds of people, saints and ain'ts. Which one are you? Are you a saint or an ain't? By the way, the word saints is the word hagios. It has to do with set apart. All right? It doesn't mean perfection, mind you. Can I get an amen? amen. But it means you have a heart for God. When we disobey God, it grieves the Holy Spirit of God, and it ought to grieve our heart when we disobey God. And lead us to confess our sin, not to be resaved if we're really a child of God's sonship, but we're talking about fellowship. Back in fellowship with the Lord. Hey, keep on reading. Verse number uh, 16. Paul said, I cease not to what? Give thanks, uh, give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Lord, teach us to pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The word knowledge, epigenosin. It doesn't mean just know about him. It means know him. And it's one thing to know all the stories and all the facts, but really know, tell me, do you really know Jesus? Do you really know him? Do you walk with him? Do you really know him? I mean, do you really know him? Not just about him. Do you got a relationship with him? Did you talk with him today? Do you need to talk with him now? Isn't some stuff crowded in your life? Is he number one? Keep reading. Verse number 17. Here's the prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding. The word eyes is the word heart, cardia. It's where we get our word, uh, Lauren, right? Cardiology, cardiologist. How I many know what a cardiologist is? That's the word. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Keep reading. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The word enlightened is the word photozo. It means like we're looking at light. It being enlightened that you may know what? Underline in your Bible. How many of y'all taking notes? Notice how many times it says what, what, what. Watch this, the next few verses. He said that the eyes of your understanding, verse 19, be enlightened, that you may know, here it is, number one, what is the hope of his, what's the next word? Thank you. The hope of his kalasis. His calling, God's calling us. Oh, yes, he is. Do you hear him? What is the hope of his calling? And what, here's the second what, the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints. 
or of the saints, in the saints. Word inheritance, I looked it up, it's Romeo. It means wealth, possession. God says, I want you to know what you got, son. I want you to know what you got, daughter. Why are you walking around like a pauper? I've got everything. Thank God. Yes, he does. Look at verse number 19. And here's the third. What is the exceeding greatness of his dunamis power, dynamite, to, to us who believe, according to the working. The word working there is energy. The working of his mighty power, which he wrought or put forth in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named not only this world, but also in that which is to finish the sentence. Thank you. Mellow is the word to come. I looked it up. It means delay. Jesus Christ is delaying his coming. I believe it could come back any moment. Do you believe that? My soul. I say even so come. But he's, that word to come. I don't know the hour. No man knows the hour. But look at this. And he put all things under his feet, verse 22, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Father, again, we worship you, bless you. Thank you for what our hearts have already sensed. Our eyes have seen. We want to see Jesus. Draw us, O Spirit of the living God. Cleanse my heart. Deliver us from the evil one. And we pray now, Jesus, you have the preeminence. We worship you. We love you because of your great love for us. Thank you for your saving grace, your cleansing blood. As uh, Brian and the Echoes of Mercy sang the first song, redeemed by the blood, bought back, and set free. He set me free. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I could be on the way to hell and uh, Lord uh, lost for that matter in hell but thank you oh God I pray there'll be a mighty spiritual awakening in this land in our hearts and in our families and when all said and done Lord teach us to pray this morning and teach us to trust in you God I know there's a spiritual battle going on right now in the hearts of our your people and we claim victory by the blood of the lamb the victory of the cross, and we're going to give you the glory for the lives that are going to be changed. Those listening live stream, Father, we pray blessings on them and those here. God, keep us from distractions. Keep us, Father, from deception. Keep us from delusion. Keep us, Father, in the light. Turn the light on. Quicken the word in our heart and give us hearts to receive the incorruptible, indestructible word of God that's able to build us up. We need it. I need it. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's people said? Amen. You may be seated. All right, here we go. Number one, how to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. All right? Teach us to pray. How many would say, how are you praying these days? Can I give you several examples how we ought to pray? Number one, we ought to pray, number one, and that would be that God, see if you agree with me, if you're not praying this, you need to. Lord, keep us from the evil one. Keep us from the evil one. Y'all look at me, daddies. Look at me, grandparents. The devil's no respecter of you or me or our homes. We are the priests in our homes. We are the protectors of our homes. And if we are not interceding and standing in the gap, God help us to do it today. Mamas, it don't matter how old Ashley gets, you're still mama, you're still daddy, right? And thank God we've still got over John and Christina, Frank, and Daniil, and Chris, and Alice, Riley, no matter if she gets to be 50, you're still mama, you're still daddy, and Richard, and David, 
and uh, Ralph and Kale and Thomas and Julius and Jackie and uh, all Jim, Charles, Kenneth, we've been delegated this authority and this responsibility, Billy, to pray for our families. Are you doing it? I didn't talk about once a month. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about every day. I'm talking about today. Pray that God will keep us from the evil one. I guarantee you there are demonic forces who would love to wreck and ruin our home. And Jesus Christ has given us his precious blood. He's given us his word. He's given us his authority. He said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And if we don't engage the enemy in the name of Jesus, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, then I'll tell you the enemy will come in like a flood. It's time that the blood broke, the blood wash, redeemed of God, men and women who claim to know Jesus Christ, to draw near to God and pray for our families, pray for our grandchildren, pray for this nation, because God answers prayer according to his will for his glory. He's a covenant-keeping God. He's a mighty God. He's a resurrected Lord. He's a chain-breaker. He's a way-maker. He's a grave robber. He's a giant killer. He's a storm-comer. He is a promise-keeper. There's no God like our God. No God like our God. So, he wants us to teach us to pray, Lord, not only for to keep us from the evil one, how many agree with me today, and I believe every one of us, if you're honest, would say, Lord, I pray for wisdom. Who was it? One of our men on Wednesday night said, Brother Pastor, pray for me for wisdom. Y'all got a decision to make? You know you do, don't you? I said, you know you got a decision to make, don't you? You know you're in a place right now in your life you've never been where you're at today. You've never been where you're at today. And by the way, you don't know what's going to be down the road. I don't know what's going to be down the road. How many know God knows what's going to be down the road? Jesus knows what's going to be down the road. Brother Eddie, and the surgeon may be on your leg. I don't know about that. Mary, I don't know about that. But Jackie, the new home and the new place, uh, Tammy, and, and what God is doing in our life, we don't know, Malcolm, what's down the road, but we serve a God who knows the past, the present, the future. He knows everything in between. And thank God, He will go before us. He is all seeing eyes above us. His arm is underneath us. He said, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. He can be trusted today. And I pray that God will give us me wisdom. Amen. Yes, Lord, please do. Please do, Lord. The Greek word is Sophia. It means to understand things from God's perspective. How many got a decision to make? Hello. You got a decision to make, and you need the mind of Christ. I need the mind of Christ. Lord, teach us to pray for wisdom. No wonder Paul wrote and said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 and 31, but of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according to as it is written, he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. No wonder James said in James 1, 5, 
If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberty and abradeth not. I'm going to step out on a limb, okay? I'm going to step out on a limb. I don't mean to say anything, but I want to just say, and I believe Brian and Lauren, Lauren or Laura? Lauren, in, right? Laura, thank you, Laura. I know you've been praying, Daddy has, I know, for Ashley for a long time, for the right one to come in their life. Praying that Ashley will have wisdom, the eyes of her understanding, uh, Evan, the eyes of their understanding, Mason, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that they may know the hope of your calling. How many know? Our children step out of the will of God or grandchildren or me or you, it's a major, major mistake. We need God's wisdom. Where to work, what, how to relate to our family. Y'all listen. How do you relate to that grand, that daughter? Uh, Chandler, you got a little daughter. What are you going to teach her? Are you going to teach her how to pray? Hello? You're going to step up to the plate? I know you play softball. Step up, play. Teach her how to pray. Teach our children not only how to write and read. Watch this. And I like sports too. Don't just teach them how to hit a baseball and throw a football and shoot a basketball. Bless God, they're going to need to learn how to trust Jesus, how to face the world, how to have God's uh, will in their life. That's what we need to be praying for them. It don't matter how old they get, Andrew. Doesn't matter how old they get, Melissa. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, wisdom and keep us from the evil one. How many know we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Amen. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's say that together. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. One more time. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I read last night in our Sunday school. Y'all don't get mad at me. I was reading the Bible while we were having our our good study together. I, you had a Bible on the table. Bless the Lord. I saw Kenneth reading. I said, if he can read it, I can too. Amen. During the session, I turned over there to Ezekiel 5.5. You ever read Ezekiel 5.5? Anybody ever read Ezekiel 5.5? You know what it says? Jerusalem is the center of the earth. Can you imagine? Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's some things heating up right now. I'm not going to detail I'll tell you this, pray, Lord, keep us in your will, not in your way. Give us wisdom, Lord. Keep us from the evil one. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And not only that, but we pray, thy kingdom come. We ought to pray, Lord, thy kingdom come. How many know we're in a mess right now? How many know it's going to get more of a mess? And look at me. There's not going to be true peace until the Prince of Peace comes and rules and reigns and sits in Jerusalem in Messiah's temple. And then and only then, he'll make every enemy his footstool. He will be crowned then, Daniel, as King of kings and Lord of lords. And thank God the devil can't stop him. And thank God Herod couldn't kill him and, and the grave couldn't hold him. I'm talking about a living Savior, risen Savior. If our God's dead, get rid of him. Come to the God of the Bible because he is still in control. And so, teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us to pray. Secondly, real quickly, notice 
not only teach us to pray. I want to give you four words the Lord gave me as we go through the text. Not only teach us to pray, but teach us how to trust Jesus. How to trust Jesus. Number one, teach us how to trust in you, your calling. You'll notice in verse 18, he said, uh, he says, the eyes of your understanding, the heart, cardia, of your understanding, being enlightened, photoso, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Again, that word calling is kalesis. I looked it up. I wanted to know. It means literally an invitation. The Lord's calling you right now. Can you hear him? Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus is calling us. He's calling us. Take up a cross. Follow him. If any man wish to follow me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily. He that loves his life shall lose it. Whosoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. That's over there in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. So he's calling us. He's calling us. Coming to be all you that labor in heaven. Hey, wait a minute. Time out. How many of y'all been stressed out this week a little bit? Nobody? Thank you. One. Thank you, thank you. We've been stressed out. We've been uh, overwhelmed. There's a lot of stuff going on. And yet, maybe his finances, maybe his family, maybe his future. But, Lord, one, you're calling. Coming to me, all you that labor in the heavy laden. I'll give you rest. How many of y'all need rest today? I need rest. I'll be honest. Deanna told me this morning. You don't mind me saying this, do you? She said, you owe me two hours of sleep from last night. I finally, I left here at about midnight, went home. I just was wound up. Maybe it was the Sunday school party. I don't know, but no, I'm usually wound up on Saturday night anyway. I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned. God be my witness. Y'all hear me say this all the time, and I'm not whining about it. I'm just telling you. Sunday's my best day of the week. I love Sunday. Hello. <laughs> can't wait, man. I'm like a little child at Christmas time. I can't sleep. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Got up and started walking about 3 o'clock in the morning. Bless God, it wasn't raining. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I saw two armadillos. That was about it. But uh, other than that, uh, hey, look, rest, rest. The work of the ministry, Brother Brian, is not for kindergartners. How many of y'all know that? And all you Sunday school teachers and all of our men, deacons, and leaders, if you're not serving God, I'm going to tell you something. It's not going to be easy. But if you are, if, well, if you are serving God, it's going to be a challenge. But I don't tell you, how many believe it'll be worth it one day? I'll tell you, it'll be worth it. But you rest assured, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to serve the Lord. I've, I've been on the other side of the fence. And I don't tell you, the devil's a liar. And the devil doesn't love you. He hates you. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus Christ has a plan for our life. Follow him. Come unto me, all you that labor in a heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. That yoke is an instrument of a farm animal. They put those on oxen, and they would pull that plow. I noticed when I was in the Philippines, they put a yoke on two oxen. I watched them out in the field. They were, man, one would go, another would go, another would go. They weren't getting anywhere. One would pull, the other one would pull, the other one would pull. One would pull. Man, they were just pulling against each other. You know what happened? Finally, one of the Filipinos reached over and said, look at them oxen out in the field. I said, yeah, I'm looking at them. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. They said, watch. I kept watching them. You know what happened? Eventually, one of them would give in. From that point on, the other one would take the lead. How many, 
How many know that when we give in to Jesus, he takes the lead? <laughs> Don't fight against the Lord. Go ahead and say, Lord, hey, one, you're calling. You see, you're calling, brethren. How not many wise men after the flesh. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26. You see, you're calling, brethren. God's calling. Maybe not to preach. But I tell you, he's calling us to follow him. He's calling us to make a difference. Number two, not only our calling, but notice, the eyes of your understanding have been lightened. You may know what is the hope of his calling. Number two, and his care, the inheritance of the saints. Oh, I wish I could have time to preach there, but I'm just going to tell you. His care, the inheritance, his wealth. How many believe the best is yet to come? Oh, yes, it is. I'm telling you this. We're going to a place whose builder and maker is God, the worm and the, uh, the rust and moth and thieves can't break through. Have you ever thought about heaven lately? Have you thought about heaven lately? No, I'm too busy. You need to stop right now. Stop right now and think about the inheritance that's yet to come. It'll cause a Presbyterian to shout. It, it, it will. I'm serious. But if you're not thinking about it, you just, oh, whatever, I got all these problems. How many know, and I'm the world's worst, how many know, and, and I'm, I, I know I'm getting out on the limb right here because I'm right here too. How many know there's a lot of us right now we need to stop complaining and start praising God? Amen. Oh, yes. If we just stop whining about all the things wrong and start praising God for who he is and what he's doing, it'll make a difference. And you say, but pastor, I got all this stuff going. I understand. I can find a lot of stuff to complain to. Murmur, murmur, okay? <laughs> but it don't get you anywhere. It don't do any good. Hey, your care, your calling. Quickly, notice, not only your calling and your care. Number three, look, here is the control and what is the great power the greatness of his dunamis to us who believe, according to the working energy of his mighty power. I'll be honest with you. Serving the Lord and ministry, and I'm just telling you, and y'all that work, you got full-time jobs and stuff, and then you're trying to balance the load, Alice, with all the stuff in your family. You don't just have one little baby at home, hello. You don't just have one little baby, period. How many children you got? The last time you counted, it was how many? Five. By the way, I heard one mama say this. Somebody asked her, would you, if you had to do it over again, would you have your children? Would you have your children again? She said, yeah, but not the same ones. <laughs> parents, <laughs> amen. Hey, get a life, man. Amen, get a life. Okay, but look, power, resurrection power, your control. Question, question, time out. When's the last time you said Jesus take control? I'm not in control. Where I get anxious, where I get frustrated, where I get irritated, it's when I'm trying to figure everything out from my puny, finite mind, and I can't do it, and it don't work out, and that's where God wants me to just say, Jesus, I want you to take control of my mind, my will, my emotions, my family, my finances. We can't control everything, Amy, can't we? I know if you could, you would. And if I could, I would, Nancy. Oh, yes. If I was God, I'd smite a lot of people. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, hey, look, his control quickly, and I'm almost done. Not only your control, but number four, your calling, your care, your control, and last, your coming. Your coming. How many believe Jesus is coming? 
I looked up the word. Mellow is the word to come. To intend, to delay, to linger. I believe the Lord has given us a little bit of time right now. What we do for the Lord, we better do it right now. Amen? We better do it right now. Tell me right now. What about it? What about it? I wonder right now. Now is the most important time. Who is God telling you to pray for right now? How many need to pray for some things in your life right now? That's what he's calling us to do right now. Lord, teach us to pray. And then after we pray, look, can I be honest with you? Some of our family, the only people praying for them is guess who? Is guess who? Well, are you praying for them? Hey, can I say this real quick? Time out. Eddie and Marcia, I just want to share a brief, brief testimony. And then Brian and Laura, Laura, not Lauren, Laura is going to come. And Ashley, Eddie and, and Marcia told me the other day, it was back there in January when we had that special prayer time together. You remember? Praying about a special need in their family. January, let's see, February, March, April. My wife told me, don't count on your fingers, fingers honey. You, you're smarter than that. Hey, February, March, April. Best I can calculate, that's how many months. How many know God works on his timetable? Hello. Eddie and Marcia told me the other day. Come on, church. Y'all got to, God answers prayer in his timing for his glory. They told me just two weeks ago, I believe it was Eddie, or maybe three, walking out the door after church. They said, Brother Randy, God answers the prayer that we were praying Back there in January, the breakthrough came. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready for your socks to get blessed off, church family? Hold on to your socks. I'm serious. Hold on to your socks. Speaking of answered prayer, Sister Becky and I talked last week. Guess what? Some generous donor gave $21,000 to New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Isn't that wonderful? Y'all yes. want to see Pastor turn a backflip? <laughs> Let's stand together, okay? God is so good. The Lord is so good. And even in bad times, Brother Brian, the group's going to come. Y'all come. This is time right now. We just got a few minutes. What you do, you need to do it right now. Don't wait. Don't delay. If you need to slip out to altar, please do. I'm convinced every one of us need to pray. I want to pray for our children, grandchildren. I want to pray for you as I do every morning, lifting you up. It was early this morning, about 3.30. I had the privilege of praying for each one of y'all, and I need your prayers. What's God saying to you? Who are you going to pray for? Who right now? How are you going to pray? Are you going to pray, Lord, I, I know that you're, you're my rock and my salvation. And then when are you going to pray? Don't wait till you get home because you may not make it home. Let's do it right now. Right now. Right now. Yes, right now. And then maybe it's a lack of trust. Jesus, help me to trust you. Father, thank you for the power of your presence. And Lord, I ask now for special needs in my life and the church family. 
And Lord, multitude of needs, oh God, we come in the name of Jesus to your throne of grace, lifting up physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, relational needs for breakthroughs. Give us mountain-moving faith. Give us the kind of faith that trusts in you. And when all said and done, we'll give you glory, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Your will is being done. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.